I knew this Sacramento Kings offense had firepower, but hooey, 140 points in 48 minutes. The Kings absolutely trounced the Charlotte Hornets, improved to 5-4 and four on the season. For the third straight game, the Kings have seven players in double figures, and Rashawn Holmes goes off for his first 2020 performance of his career. Man, we got a lot to talk about, plus you'll hear from Rashawn Holmes and head coach Luke Walton on today's Locked on Kings podcast. <laughs> You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years covering the Sacramento Kings. This is my eighth season uh, covering Kings basketball, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. And I don't know about you, I needed tonight's performance from the Sacramento Kings. I played golf uh, for the first time in like five weeks uh, earlier today. I was able to to get out and it was a nightmare. My worst round since like May. Uh, So I was, I left the golf course, headed right to the Golden One Center for tonight's game. I was not in a good mood. Uh, And the Sacramento Kings cheered me up. Really, they cheered me up from the very beginning with how well the ball was moving. The ball movement in this game for Sacramento was crisp. It was beautiful. So much so I had to tweet about it like five times just in the first half alone. I have some nuts numbers uh, to talk to you about from this game where in terms of assists, in terms of rebounding, individual performances, team performances. There's just so much from this game to unpack and talk about and enjoy. And by the way, going back to my golf game, if anyone out there knows how to play golf well as a golf coach or anything like that, I do have a coach, but I'm, I'm starting to think that my golf game is unfixable based off of how bad that I play and how I seem to take more steps backwards than steps forward after a lesson. So if you think you can solve my golf game, I would love to get in touch with you. But let's talk some Kings basketball. Let's enjoy this 5-4 and four start for the Kings. Nine games into the season, playing pretty well. The first real like progress report mark of the season, very early progress report, uh, is around 10 games. And the Kings are going into a, a, a very winnable game at home on Sunday against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, and based off what they did to the Charlotte Hornets, there's a very good chance that this Kings team could be 6-4. and four. However, you always have to be a little careful, right? When you have games like this where the offense explodes, sometimes there's a fear of, oh man, did you spend all those points or get all those uh, those shots made in one game and leave none uh, for the next game? I'm not too superstitious like that or anything, uh, but I mean... I don't know if we're going to see this Kings team replicate what they're able to do tonight offensively at any point for the remainder of the season. But what we did see from this Kings team is what Luke Walton, De'Aaron Fox, a lot of these players uh, and coaches have been talking about really since the the training camp. They knew that this offense had extreme firepower. And when everybody is, is firing on all cylinders, when the hoop is about as wide as an ocean like it was tonight, 
this Kings team can go off for 140 in regulation without really looking like they are completely unstoppable. Because the Kings did look stoppable at times in this game. Unfortunately, the, the biggest pitfall that this Kings team had, other than their defense not being as good as it could have been and, and maybe they expect it to be, is they struggled to uh, to take care of the basketball at times. They were turning the ball over a lot in the third quarter when uh, the Charlotte Hornets were able to work their way back into this game. I'm getting the negatives out of the way uh, right at the very beginning because there's so few compared to the positives. Turnovers uh, and allowing over 30 points in, in, in two out of four quarters. Uh, that needs to be cleaned up for the Sacramento Kings for sure. But when you score, uh, when 32 points in the third quarter is the lowest point total you have in any quarter period, you're doing pretty well for yourself. The Kings had 41 points to start this game in the first quarter, 33 in the second, 32 in the third, 34 uh, in the fourth quarter. It was nice to, see the, nice to see the offense consistent all the way through. The Charlotte Hornets came into this game as the number one offensive team in the league. They also came into this game as, I think, the worst defense in the league, and, and the Kings exploited them a little bit from the get-go. The ball movement in this game was fantastic. Uh, the Kings had a grand total of 22 made threes uh, in this game, 22 of 44 for 50%. Anytime you're hitting 22 threes, which by the way was the Kings franchise record, which I think is phenomenal that the franchise record for the Sacramento Kings in three-pointers was set by Chemezi Metu uh, hitting a three at the end of the game. Metu only played two and a half minutes, hit one shot, took one shot. It was that three-pointer to set the franchise record. So congratulations to Chemezi Metu there. Actually, fun moment. Fans were chanting for uh, Chemezi to come into the game at the end of the game, and Luke Walton did sub him in for those couple minutes. He got a great ovation as he ran to the table, hit that three to break the franchise record. I think that's, that's fitting, and it's going to be fun to see that uh, in the history books for the Kings until it's broken, and it could very well be broken this season. But 22 made threes, uh, you're always going to win, or most of the time you should win if you're making that many um, three-pointers. And so many of those threes came in the first quarter. But was most encouraging about these 22 made threes for the Sacramento Kings is the fact that they weren't just, hey, everybody has a hot hand, let's just chuck them up every time we got a look. Most of these threes either came in transition or came off of penetration, mainly from guards, but also from bigs. But like the, the ball movement in this game, the execution, it was very simple. It's very similar to what we see uh, the Milwaukee Bucks do with Giannis Antetokounmpo surrounding him with, with four shooters, right? You put kind of everybody on the perimeter, let Giannis or Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton attack, kick out to an open shooter. Usually you have a good look. That's where the M Milwaukee Bucks are built. And it's very simple, but it's effective, right? That team just won a championship. The Kings very much played inside out ball to perfection. It was De'Aaron Fox who finished with nine assists in this game to go along with a 21 point uh, performance. By the way, Fox was 21 points for Fox. It felt like he coasted to that. It was nice to see him get back over 20. At no point was Fox like, oh my gosh, he's in takeover mode. Um, but 21 points is great for him. Nine of his assists, I'd say probably like five or six of them uh, were three-point baskets that he assisted. He was drawing a crowd in. He was getting to the rim, looked like his normal speedy, crafty self, dribbling into the paint, uh, and then he kicked out for open shooters a ton. Uh, so the Kings were playing very, very well, moving the ball inside out. They had nine threes in the first quarter alone. Uh, and I do want to point out that in the first quarter, Luke Walton made a substitution. He took both De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton out of the game, which 
I'm not a big fan of at all. And, and when I saw that, immediately I jotted down what the score was. It was 19 to 10 at that point. And I'm expecting by the time one of the two of Halliburton or Fox come back in that the Kings, that, that nine-point lead would have would have shrunk a little bit. It wouldn't surprise me if it, it was completely evaporated. But to the credit of the Kings bench, especially Davion Mitchell, who took over the primary ball handling duties of the Kings at that point, when Tyrese Halliburton did come back in the game only like four or five minutes later, the Kings extended that 19 to 10 lead into a 37 to 19 lead. The Kings bench was fantastic in this game. Buddy Heald was ridiculous uh, from three-point range. Uh, he hit eight three-pointers, took 17 of them. I was joking at the game. Buddy Heald is one of the few people on the planet that can hit eight threes in a game and still shoot under 50% from three-point range. That's a Buddy Heald special. He's put up over 20 threes uh, in a game before. So 17 doesn't seem like that extreme of a number. And you're going to hear Luke Walton talk a little bit later on about uh, how he loves that many threes from Buddy Heald and he wants him to shoot uh, that many threes pretty much on a nightly basis. Seven players in double figure scoring for the Sacramento Kings for the third straight game. I asked both Rashawn Holmes and Luke Walton about that, that you'll hear them talk about. But that that's a, a very significant stat because even though one of those three games was a loss, this Kings team is winning by committee. They're scoring by committee. That's incredibly difficult to guard against. Not only have we not had Supernova, De'Aaron Fox, the teams always have to worry about on a nightly basis. Like in this game, for example, Harrison Barnes has easily been the best player and best scorer on this Kings team so far. He had only 14 points tonight, but you also got 10 from Mo Harkless. You got 23 from Rashawn Holmes, and we're going to talk about his game coming up because he was nuts. 14 for Tyrese Halliburton. He went six of eight from the field. Tyrese is one of the best scorers on this Kings team. He only had 14 points. Like I said, De'Aaron Fox at 21. Then coming off the bench, 26 for Buddy Heald, 19 for Davion Mitchell. The Kings had uh, 58 total bench points in this game. How in the world defensively do you stop that? Like I said, Charlotte's not a good defensive team. How in the world do you stop a team that is capable of consistently having five, six, seven guys score double figures on a nightly basis? It's like pick your poison and hope that you can contain one or two of them. I mean, it's it's just incredible uh, that the Kings have been able to do that for three straight games. Really, they should be 3-0 and in those three straight games. Unfortunately, just 2-1. and But at half, I marked these down. Like, Buddy Hill had 12 points at half. He ends with 26. Uh, Rashawn Holmes had 12 points at half. He ends with 23. Barnes had 11. Only had three points in the second half. Didn't matter. Mo Harkless had 10 points at half. Never scored another point for the rest of the game. Didn't matter. Davion Mitchell had 8 at half. He finishes with 19. De'Aaron Fox has 6 at half. He finishes with 21. I mean, this this Kings team just unstoppable uh, as a team shooting the basketball, not just tonight, but the ball movement, the amount of weapons that this team has offensively. You can get an understanding why uh, Walton and company have said that they're not too worried about the offense. But coming up, I do want to talk about um, the amazing game that Rashawn Holmes had. I do want to talk about Buddy Heald's role with the Sacramento Kings, why he's excelling. I think Buddy Heald is in the absolute perfect role as pointed out by a locked on Kings listener and a Twitter, uh, Twitter follower of mine. Uh, plus we have to talk about the rebound differential, 
uh, in this game. There's just so much still to get to. So many positives. Again, you're going to hear from Luke Walton and Rashawn Holmes coming up in just a little bit as well. Right now, though, want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto, the auto parts uh, store that really is the only place you should go for any of your auto parts needs. Instead of dealing with intimidating or frustrating questioning uh, from the counterman at your local auto parts store, half the time you're not going to find what you need. Or if you do find what you need, it's going to be at a set price. They're only going to have one brand, one type of part, and you're just kind of screwed. You're kind of set in. Rock Auto gives you options. It gives you a variety of brands, a variety of price points. You can save money, find exactly what you want, and learn a little bit in the process. I know absolutely nothing about cars, zero about cars. And at rockauto.com, I've been able to figure out what I need and what to do with those parts. Uh, You can save 30, 50, or even 100% uh, off of what you get at chain parts stores by shopping at rockauto.com. It's a family business suing serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto parts needs at rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by betonline.ag. And if you bet on the Kings game tonight, I hope you took the over on points. I hope you took the Sacramento Kings, who I think were favorites in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I, I hope you uh, you took Rashawn Holmes to have a monster game. Because if you did, you made a lot of money at BetOnline. And BetOnline is the best place for you to bet uh, on all your sports action. They're back and better than ever. A new web, uh, web interface here for basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is the number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to use is promo code locked on to get that bonus from basketball to football, baseball, hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So in the second quarter, of the Kings win over the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night. Rashawn Holmes is ejected after picking up two quick technical fouls, including him flinging his uh, headband into the second row is after Rashawn uh, picked up his fourth foul. Maybe it was in the third quarter. I can't remember. Either way, Rashawn Holmes picks up a foul, gets into foul trouble again, gets frustrated. He gets ejected. He also received a $15,000 fine from the league for uh, throwing his hand headband into the crowd. Uh, if he had some steam to blow, he major got or blew that steam off here in this game in 33 minutes. Rashawn Holmes was everywhere, man. 23 points, which was five uh, shy of his career high. And I only point that out because Rashawn had 20 rebounds in this game, which is two more than his career high. Coming into this game, his career high was 18. Uh, he broke that midway through the fourth quarter, finishes with 20 rebounds. The first 2020 game of his career. And it's not too often uh, the Kings get a 2020 performance. The last player to do it, I believe was DeMarcus cousins. So a dominant performance for him. And that was part of what was a outstanding dominating performance for the Kings uh, in the rebound category. The Kings out rebounded the Charlotte Hornets 56 to 28, nearly doubled 
the Hornets rebound numbers. That is unheard of. Truly unheard of. Uh, the Kings dominated the glass in this game. And that's extra special because the Kings have kind of gone through streaks here of like early on in the season, first few games, they were having a hard time taking care of the basketball. Then recently they started cleaning that up, but they were struggling hitting the glass. They were struggling giving up uh, too many offensive rebounds and second chance opportunities. And the Hornets first bucket in this game, which was a LaMelo ball three, came off of an offensive rebound. So we're thinking early, oh God, here we go again. The Kings are, are struggling to crash the glass. And it's not all on the big men. We've heard Luke Walton say in the past, that's on the guards as well as the bigs. The Kings finished with 56 rebounds, including 43 defensive rebounds, only seven offensive rebounds for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, they only had, let's see, seven second chance points, which is still too many, but not nearly as bad as it has been uh, in the past. Uh, you have Rashawn Holmes responsible for 20 of those rebounds. The Kings guards com uh, combined for 15 of those rebounds. And I asked Luke Walton if that was almost sweeter uh, than the 140 points that the Kings put up. You'll hear his answer to that question uh, later on in the podcast. But Rashawn was dominant, had a nasty tip dunk uh, in the first quarter, I believe, during that massive first quarter start that really got the, the building going. Just a, a phenomenal game for Rashawn. And he got an appreciation tweet uh, from Tyrese Halliburton after the game. So awesome game for Rashawn Holmes. Great to see him bounce back like that with his family in attendance. After being ejected, I think that more than made up for the uh, $15,000 uh, that he was fined. Speaking of double-doubles, a quiet double-double for Harrison Barnes, 14 points, 10 rebounds. Um, and then De'Aaron Fox nearly with a double-double, 21 points and 9 uh, assists. What else is there to talk about? I already brought up the bench points, the fact that the Kings scored 58 bench points. They were uh, absurdly good uh, with their... Oh, yes, I want to talk about Buddy Heald's role. Buddy has been fluctuating a little bit, right, in his time here in Sacramento. Is he a starter? Is he a bench player? Would he ever be happy coming off the bench? Uh, do you put someone who's paid as much money as Buddy is paid and one of the best three-point shooters in the league, can you afford to bring him off the bench or does he have to be a starter just based off of his importance and significance to this team alone? These are things that we've been discussing for a while. And this isn't the first time that Buddy has had success for the Kings coming off of the bench. Remember, uh, a couple of seasons ago, Luke Walton decided, maybe it was last, no, it wasn't last season. Bogey wasn't here last season. So it was two seasons ago, Luke Walton decides to bring Buddy Heald off the bench and replace him in the starting lineup with Bogdan Bogdanovich. And Buddy really succeeded in that role, was still playing or uh, outplaying Bogey, even though he was coming off the bench. The role that Buddy Heald has right now is absolutely the perfect role for him. 100% the perfect role for Buddy Heald, and he's excelling in it. And that was not my original thought. That was actually pointed out by Dave Andronde. He's a, a loyal Kings fan, active on, on Kings Twitter, also a loyal listener here of the Locked on Kings podcast. Dave, I wanted to make sure uh, that you got your love here for pointing that out and tweeting that and tagging me in that tweet because you're 100% right. This is the perfect role for Buddy Heald where he can come in, he shoots a high volume of threes, like I mentioned, 17 three-point attempts in this game. He hits eight of them, but he also can let the game come to him a little bit. Defensively, he's not facing the best of the best. He did spend a decent amount of time guarding Gordon Hayward. Hayward had a very good game, had a really, really good uh, third quarter, but I thought Buddy Heald for the most part did a good job on Gordon Hayward, and that's a pretty good matchup. Those are Gordon's obviously bigger, but is not nearly as quick. Uh, so Buddy can handle staying in front of him. Buddy still did make some defensive mistakes as he always does. Um, but 
it was it was okay. Buddy has done significantly better defensively pretty much on a nightly basis. Hasn't looked like he's on an island. Hasn't looked terrible like he did last season. Done a much better job putting the ball on the floor. Has even facilitated a little bit. He helped Davion Mitchell out a lot uh, when both Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox were off the floor. Buddy is absolutely in the perfect role right now. And if he's able to keep this up, it would not surprise me at all if Buddy Heald is in the sixth man of the year conversation. He has to already be in the sixth man of the year conversation with how well uh, that he is playing. Very excited to see what I'm seeing out of Buddy Heald. And I guarantee you the Los Angeles Lakers are regretting their decision right now of uh, of not trading for, they'll never admit it, but they have to be regretting not trading for Buddy Heald and going to get Russell Westbrook instead because... I don't know if you checked, but the Los Angeles Lakers have lost twice to the Oklahoma City Thunder now. And Buddy Heald is an exact player that they need. So very glad that Buddy's here. Buddy, in so many ways, is proving me wrong. I've been very critical of Buddy Heald. Uh, so I want to make sure I give him a ro- his roses and give him his props. I thought Buddy was going to be a major trade asset for the Kings at the deadline. And he may still be, but with how good he's been and how important he's been with that second unit, his scoring in that second unit, depending upon where the Kings are in the race, they may not want to afford getting rid of Buddy. And with every single year that that comes, his contract goes down. So next year it's 20 million. The year after that, it's 18 million. Very similar to Harrison Barnes. And as you get into those final couple of years of that contract and that number uh, goes down, you start to worry or you, you worry less about the uh, the dollar sign, certainly less than what we've been worried about in, in the last couple of years. So got to give Buddy his props there. Buddy was part of really the dagger in this game that came, I think it was either late in the third or early in the fourth quarter. I didn't write it down. Oh yeah. The, the Kings um, were having a hard time taking care of the basketball and buddy was actually part of this. He, he turned the ball over a couple of times. Charlotte, gets within 12 points, had a chance to get within 11, uh, but missed a, missed a free throw. And they had not been that close since like the five minute mark uh, in the first quarter. And it had those vibes of like two, three years ago um, when the Brooklyn Nets came back from like 20 down inside the Golden One Center led by a D'Angelo Russell to, to steal the game and defeat the Kings. And also, I don't know if you remember last season because I've certainly put it out of memory, but the Charlotte Hornets uh, went on a 12-3 run last season to beat the Kings in the last couple of minutes. The Kings missed five free throws in this game. So we knew that Charlotte, with their offensive firepower, they had a chance to close the gap quickly. And Buddy Heald was part of, of two big dagger threes. He hit the first one. I think Davion Mitchell hit the second dagger three that basically put this game away and snuffed out uh, any comeback opportunity that the Charlotte Hornets were trying to put together. So lots to love, lots to love from this Kings win. I want to hear your thoughts on this game. If you are at the Golden One Center to enjoy it, if you watched at home, listened on the radio, your takeaways, send them to me at Matt George Sack on Twitter. Uh, email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts down in the comment section down below. Coming up next, you're going to hear from head coach Luke Walden and the 2020 guy himself, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, that will be here in just a second. Before that though, like I told you in our title sponsor, McDonald's is one of the great sponsors and friends here of the Locked On Podcast Network, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to connect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or away team can come and recharge some good comfort food after a loss. I would recommend some of the Charlotte Hornets go and uh, get a late night McDonald's run. 
It's also the place that you always look forward to stopping at uh, during a long drive to refuel, recharge, stretch your legs a little bit. Plus, I don't know uh, if if you played in the McDonald's playgrounds as a kid, but they have the best like fast food playgrounds out of anybody else, and it's not uh, even close. McDonald's is a great place also for a future Sacramento Kings road game watch party, which I'm very much considering. If you'd be interested in a watch party, please let me know. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Here's Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton. All right, well, let's start by saying really, um, really good game by our guys. Happy to see it. Love the pace we played with. I thought our rebounding was much better tonight. Um, we shot the ball really well. You hit 22 threes, you're, you're going to win most nights. But it was, again, it's never easy to get an early lead in the NBA and hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. It's just, it's tough. So I was, I was proud of our group. And every time that uh, Charlotte started cutting, cutting it, uh, we made big plays. So uh, a lot that we got to continue to learn from and, and build on, uh, but saw some progress out there tonight. And it was a fun game to, to coach. Lots of standout players tonight, Luke, but uh, 23 and 20 for Rashawn Holmes, his first 2020 game of his career. Just how big was he? Yeah, he's, he's, you know, you know what he means to us, James. It's, you know, he's, uh, he's steadiness. He's, he, he brings energy. Uh, his communication continues to get better. And then anytime you can give us a 2020 game, um, I, I like our chances because especially with how much we've been talking about rebounding. And, uh, you know, the whole team did a better job tonight, but he really stepped up and, uh, and took care of that department for us. We've talked before about your, you and the team not being too worried about your offense, obviously 140 points tonight, but this is the third straight game, I believe, with uh, seven players and double figures scoring. Uh, what, uh, what does that say about the team? And then if you can put yourself in the mindset of an opposing coach, how difficult is that to handle a team that has that many weapons? Well, it's... it's um, the first part of your question, yeah, it's how we want to play. Um, you know, we want, we want, in which we did a good job of tonight. Like I said, pregame, it's Fox, go ahead to Ty. Ty, you attack from the second side, right? Now, Ty, you bring it. They load to you. Throw that thing up to Fox. Let him get downhill. And I thought uh, both of them did a really nice job of staying in attack mode. Like, we shot 44 threes tonight, but most of them came from us attacking and collapsing the defense, and that's what we want. Buddy shot 17 threes. I love it. Uh, TD came in, got a, got a chance, and gave us a nice boost. So, uh, yeah, it's tough to it's tough to guard that because as a you know you're scouting, it's uh, you try to take away one or two or three things in the regular season. You don't have time to go over uh, every uh, you know everything and, and expect the players to remember it all. So uh, you know it's it's who we want to be. It's how we want to play. Uh, I thought we were sharing the ball, making the extra pass tonight, and uh, it was fun. Coach Walton, you know, it's astonishing, you know, how you got that 140. I mean, 55 from, uh, 55% from field goal, 50% from three-point land, 84% from um, free throw line, had the 56 rebounds to their 28. All those numbers are jumping. They jump out at you. Did you even imagine that y'all could come into a game like Yeah, because we've done, we've done the opposite. Like we've played that hard and just missed every single shot. So, you know, there's going to be nights we make every a, a ton of shots. Tonight was one of them. Like it, it, we're going to run into a team this year that does the same thing that we just did, which is make everything. And it's going to be hard to beat that team on that night. Um, and that's why I constantly talk about, you know, we how we play 
you know, effort-wise, energy-wise, the style of play has to stay the same. And then when we're making shots, we're really hard to beat. If we're missing, we still give ourselves a chance to win, which we've proven all season so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's this. Will these, these numbers happen again? Yeah, I don't know when. Not every night for sure. Um, but they were the shots were dropping tonight for sure. And, and I really, really, you know, like the the we talk about playing as close as a forty-eight minutes as you can. And, you know, I really like the consistency that our group had, what they were saying in the huddles and timeouts to keep themselves going. Um, and that was that was that was great. Early in the fourth quarter, it looked like Charlotte had a chance to, to maybe make it a little bit more interesting. And you guys were sputtering a little bit offensively. Then um, De'Aaron and, and Harrison went back in. It looked like De'Aaron started like you talked about before the game, breaking down the defense. And then you guys were able to find open shooters. How important was that just to? sort of solidify how the game had gone to that point. Yeah, it's great. It's what we want to see. Um, you know, seven players in double digits, different players making different plays. Tyrese was great in the fourth last game. Uh, but we, we know what De'Aaron's capable of. And we don't need him to carry the load uh, as much uh, like we did in the previous years. We want it to be more of how it was tonight. But we also know he's somebody that can, you know, he can calm the waters when things start to get rough when he's playing like uh, like he has the last couple nights. And uh, he did a great job of stopping that run you were talking about and kind of getting us back in control of the game. Yeah, Luke, Tony mentioned the uh, the, the 56 to 28 uh, rebound differential, only seven offensive rebounds uh, given up. And I think your guards had 15 uh, combined rebounds. Is that almost a little bit sweeter than the offensive uh, explosion? Absolutely. 100% it is because it's where we make our biggest jump next is rebounding consistently. Uh, you know, Tony brought it up. We're, you know, we, we're going to be good offensively. We're going to be good. We're going to make shots. We got smart, skilled players. Um, and I think we're doing a heck of a job competing defensively. And our numbers are down because of live ball turnovers and not finishing possessions with rebounds. Uh, so that's what we keep harping on. And so to see those rebound numbers, because uh, that, that's going to allow us to, to win at a higher uh, level, more consistent level. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I love seeing that. He dominated all night long and had a great press conference with his signature smile. Here's Rashawn Holmes. Yes, uh, yeah, we'll just start off uh, four turnovers tonight for you. Um, <laughs> Got to be better with the ball. Got to be better with the ball, for real. <laughs> Your first 2020, just... How excited are you to, to have that, that big moment for yourself? Um, honestly, it was a great moment to have, you know, have my family in the audience. So to be able to share a career milestone like that with them, pretty special. So, um, you know, it was exciting. It's exciting. It's a testament to the work I've been putting in and uh, also makes me greedier. Want me to put even work, want, want to put even more work in. So I uh, want to continue this streak and uh, continue playing the way I've been playing. Rashawn, tonight you were one of uh, seven players in double figures scoring. I think the last three uh, games you've had seven players in double figures scoring. Uh, what does that do for you when you have so many teammates that are able to score? How difficult is that in your mind for, for a team to defend against? Uh, it's very difficult to match up with when you have, you know, so many different weapons, so many different options, you know, when you can do so many different things out on the floor, you know, it just makes you tough to match up with on any given night. And so uh, I think the more we continue to attack, continue to get comfortable with each other, you know, we continue to exploit those things and uh, continue to play well as a team. Uh, you guys have had some struggles from the three-point line early in the season, but tonight uh, everyone was firing away. Just how how much easier does that make your life, especially that pick and roll when the three balls falling? Uh, it makes it a lot easier. You know, it spreads the floor out, you know, just uh, – and that's how we want to play. We want to get shots like that up. 
I feel like the last few games we've been doing a good job of getting good looks. You know, they just haven't been going down. And, you know, tonight we stuck with our principles and we got the same type of looks for our shooters and they knocked them down tonight. And like I said before, if we continue to get those type of looks, you know, all throughout the season, we'll be just fine. Sean, of course you're a 20 rebound shine like a diamond, but uh, you guys really crashed the board as a unit tonight. And I know this, you know, been the talk in the last few games about you guys rebounding. Uh, what was the talk like? What was the message like, you know, going into this game, uh, trying to clear, clear the glass what you guys did tonight? And not just tonight, but I think all throughout training camps since it started, you know, emphasis has been on rebounding. And, um, you know, a couple of games we've done well, a few games we haven't. And I think that's one thing we've been trying to get is to stack days, be consistent. And so when we came out tonight, you know, we again emphasized it and we wanted to make sure that we took advantage of what we could on the glass and just get in there and rebound. And I think we did a good job of just boxing out, holding our man. Guards did a great job of coming back to rebound. And it was a team effort, honestly. Team effort, whole team was locked in on the rebound, on the glass, and we were able to get it done. Has there been any change in like the nuances of how you're boxing out or any specific skills when it comes to rebounding, or is it just an emphasis thing? Honestly, I, I think just, just an emphasis thing, you know, uh, something that we worked on in practice how to hold our position and things of that sort. You know, for myself, I put a lot of time in the weight room to make sure, you know, I could hold my position as well, you know, inside to be able to go up and grab rebounds. So I think we've just been making emphasis on it, been working on it, and we're starting to see the results of that. Now we've heard from them. Once again, I want to hear from you, your thoughts on tonight's game, how you're feeling with this Kings team being five and four. Are you starting to relax a little bit on, on uh, some of the concerns that we had even just a few days ago, uh, especially when it comes to De'Aaron Fox, back-to-back solid games for Fox where he's back to being super efficient. Did we overreact it? I overreact. Look, I'm open to that. I, I react just like fans react to games. And sometimes you go up and down and have to remember there's 82 games in a season. You can't get too high, can't get too low. I'm open to discussing that. Feel free to point out when I'm wrong. It happens a lot. At Matt George Radio, uh, or rather at Matt George Sack, excuse me, on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. YouTube comment section. I see you too. Get loose. Have some fun over there. I'd love to respond to uh, what you guys are talking about. But I can't wait to read those responses. Can't wait to have you join me on Sunday for a uh, post-Kings and Pacers uh, podcast. I hope the Kings didn't spend all their points in tonight's game because I think they have a very good chance of beating this Pacers team. And six and four through 10 games, ooh, that sounds awful good. But hey, the Kings are guaranteed 500 through 10 games, especially with this tough of a schedule. And it's going to loosen up and open up a little bit. So you got to like where the Kings are at as of right now. Please join me for that. Please leave a review of the Locked On Kings podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you haven't already. I'd appreciate that. I appreciate your support. Love your loyalty and can't wait to talk to you soon. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.